Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, great to see you guys again, and good morning, good morning. Hey, if you did not get, last week I announced that we had a book for you guys if you wanted it, uh, called The God I Never Knew, and it's a bit more about the Holy Spirit, the work that He has in our lives, and we ran out in this service. So if you wanted one and didn't get one because you knew we ran out or you were on the list, we've got them, so just head over to the, the table Welcome Center there, and they've got some books for you. And if we run out again, we'll buy them. So we just have to keep coming back, okay? Maybe that was all on purpose. I'm not going to say. But, but we will get some more of those if you need those. And our mission here at Life West is we want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. You know, there's a whole lot more to being a Christian than just I got saved and I, I get to go to heaven. God has a plan and a purpose for your life is what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. So we want to help you to know what that is. Figure out the gifts and talents God gave you and use them to build the kingdom. Like, make a difference. You, you can do that and you can make an eternal impact. And one of the ways that we do that is through growth track. And that happens each Sunday, the first four Sundays typically of the month during the first service. So you can go to growth track during the first service and then second service you can catch right back up with what you may have missed in here. But in that, it's just a four-week class that happens during service. And if you miss one week, you don't have to like set aside the entire month, well, I know I have this, or, or something happened and we do, aren't going to be able to, or we weren't going to be able to get there. If you miss one, it is sequential, but if you miss one, you can jump back in the next month and find that week and get there. But let me encourage every one of you to do it. And you say, well, I've been saved for years, and you know, and dinosaurs and I are really close, and I got this all figured out. No, please go. That's, it, it's, it's for you. Or if you say, you know what? Um, I'm brand new to this Christian thing. It's also for you. It doesn't matter where you are. You need to know what your gifts and talents are and begin to use them in the kingdom of God. So I really encourage every one of you to jump in to that class. Absolutely, please do. Then, we're in this series, and it's called Chasing Giants. And we're not running after physical giants as much as we are looking at some spiritual giants that we see in the Bible and we're looking at what they did, how they did what they did, and saying, well, if they can do it, so can I. So what, what, what can I do? The Bible says God is not a respecter of person. What can I learn from the way that they lived? And in particular, who we've been looking at is we've been looking at Joseph in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up and turn to Genesis 39. And actually 37. Go to Genesis 37. We'll start there, I think. And really what we see with Joseph is we see a couple of things. One is we get to see Joseph from, we, we know his lineage, we know his parents. We see he comes from a dysfunctional family, and that didn't stop God from using him. And then we see at, at 17, God came to Joseph and gave him a dream. God showed him a piece of what God had in store for him. Gave him two dreams, in fact, when he was 17. But what we see is that happened at 17, but if you read through Genesis, spoiler alert, it doesn't come true until he is 30 years old. That's a little bit of a gap. And we're in this gap right now as we're looking at him, but there's something more to this gap than just a bunch of time. And this is what it says in Psalms 105 verse 19, until the time came to fulfill his dream 
the Lord tested Joseph's character. You know, character is really the foundation in our life. Character lets us know if we can be promoted or not. Is that promotion going to help us or is it going to harm us? 1 Corinthians 10 says that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear, but he always provides a way out. If our character cannot handle it, God cannot promote us where our character will not allow us to go. And you can say, well, I know so-and-so fell. Yes, they did, but God did not allow them to be tempted beyond they could bear. They could have made it is what that means. So God is growing Joseph. And and again, this this tested is a little bit different than the test that you and I probably take or what we probably think of when we think of tests. This testing is more of a refining. And it speaks to very similar to what a goldsmith would do if they were taking gold and they'd put it in an oven. If they're going to boil, what's going to happen to that gold? The impurities come up, they leave, and what comes out is better, more precious, more valuable, more useful than what went in. And that's what this is talking about. Joseph's character was tested, refined, grew. And so we've been looking at the tests and the the battles that Joseph had to go through. And here's the thing. You and I, we're going to face these same battles. Some we're going to win and we're just going to ace, we're going to walk right by them, the things that we don't even have to deal with. We're like, no, that's not a big deal. It hardly even seems, it's more of a speed bump. And others, where it just like, it hammers us. And we're like, well, for us, this is a big one. And, and the first test that we look at with Joseph was the pride test. And Joseph failed it. But you know what that didn't mean? That didn't mean, well, God just walked away and went and found somebody else. It took, seven, it took between 17 and 30, so it took the 13 years. It took a while. But he was able to retake that test. And we are the same. So if you're like, well, I already blew it. and th- No, no, you didn't. Joseph did, and God still used him. God will still use you. So the pride test came in because Joseph had those dreams, and instead of keeping them to himself, he told his brothers. And not just once, but twice, he went to his brothers, and he did this. As a result, his brothers, and again, it's still not okay for his brothers to do this, but his brothers are out in the field one day. They see Joseph coming. They say, let's kill him. They're so mad. They hate him so much. He's had these dreams. He's their father's favorite. It's just kind of all messed up family stuff. And they're like, let's kill him. Well, they end up throwing him in a pit. And then they see some traders come by and they say, I know what. Let's make some money. I mean, if we kill him, we just kill him. And then we have to dig a hole and you got to bury him or pile the thing in. Like, okay, let's just sell him. So they sell Joseph off. And Joseph gets carried to Egypt where he becomes a slave to a man named Potiphar. And the pit test we saw And we looked at, and it's not just the fact that he was in the pit, but it's what he did. It's what he did as a result. He was in the pit. He gets thrown in there, and then he's taken out and he's sold as a slave. And we don't see him whining, complaining, or trying to leave. He's not running off. I was Well, I shouldn't be here. He's serving God right where he is, and he's working wholeheartedly under the Lord to the point that his boss... Potiphar, the Bible says, realized that everything that Joseph did, God's blessing was on and put Joseph in charge of everything in the house. Everything. Because he was doing it wholeheartedly. He, didn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to get away. He wasn't pointing blame. He wasn't running off. And this is where we pick up. Where we pick up today is Genesis 39, verse 6. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. 
And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. This is the purity test. Now, this is a test that Joseph aced. And we already got into this a little bit. And it says this in verse 8, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater than me in this house. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And we talked a bit about that, and this is really where we're picking up, is right after this. Because number one, realize this. It's not two consenting adults. He says, it's sin against God. It's, It's sinning against God. Verse 10. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be around her. Now, he's, he's a slave. He's owned. But he decided, I'm not even going to be around her. I'm not even going to be around her. 2 Timothy 2.22 tells us, run away from anything. Run away from anything that stimulates useful lust. Joseph was a slave and he was running away. Now, I could just picture, like, he's, he's out working on the grounds, and here comes Potiphar's wife, and he's like, oh, no. So he just grabs a basket and runs off this way. And then he's in the house, and he's, he's overseeing. So he's like, okay, how's everything looking in here? And then all of a sudden, he sees her pop around the corner, and he's like, I've got to go. And he's, he's, just, he's just dodging left and right. He's like, I've got to stay away, got to stay away, got to stay away, because he knows to get away. Now, when I read things like 2 Timothy where it says, flee useful lust, I think we can have a tendency to say, well, I mean, it's 2022. You kind of, some of the stuff you just can't avoid. I mean, society today being what it is, I don't know that we can avoid it. But if you think about it, just, just one, one example would be Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. The Bible Bible says that that city was so wicked that God destroyed it. And the wickedness in that city, the Bible tells us that God sent two angels to go into Sodom and Gomorrah. They went in, and the angels looked like men. And this has happened. The Bible says that that angels can look just like you and I, that they're not noticeably different, so it wasn't like a winged creature walked in, but just what they took as people went into the city, And they went into the center of the city. And this is where typically what we're told is what happened was that you wouldn't just run to an inn. You'd go to the center of the city and people would see you and they'd invite you in or your relatives would find you or wherever because they didn't have street maps and you might not know your way around the city so that's where you'd meet and then you'd, you'd find a place to stay for the night. Well, these two angels went to the city and a man named Lot, and we don't know why, but Lot sees these guys and is like, hey, come to my house. You can spend the night at my house. And the angels say, no, we intend to spend the night here on the street. And Lot says to them, absolutely not. No, you cannot do that. Come with me. And he talks them into going back to his house. But what happens later that night, and you can read this all for yourself in Genesis 19, what happens later that night is the Bible says that the men of that city both near and far, young and old, came, surrounded Lot's house, and they said, bring out the men that came to you that we may know them. Okay? Like, like, not like, hey, we want to meet them, 
but they said that we may know them like a husband knows his wife, like they may know them. And Lot comes out to him and says, no, don't do this wicked thing. They are my guests. And they get mad. And literally they say this, who are you to be our judge? Does this sound familiar? Like anybody been like, oh, that's, that's, we hear that today. Like, yeah, here we go. And they were about to attack Lot so that the men, the angels, have to actually reach out, pull Lot back in the house, and close the door. The Bible, it's so funny. It's not just about what happened, but what always happens when we walk away from God. The society that they lived in, if you look at the Romans as a whole in the Roman society, it was human trafficking was prevalent throughout it. Much of the art that we still have in the art at the time, it was was pornographic in nature. It was full nudity. It, It was rampant throughout the city. And this is who... This is written to. So you and I are not excluded from this. This applies to us, and we can still live it. It says, flee from, run from these things, and that is exactly what Joseph did. He's like, I'm not even going to be around her. Verse 10, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be around her. Verse 11, then one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. Underline that, highlight that in your Bible. And then say, "Uh uh-oh, because here we go. Verse 12, she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in in her hand and ran out of the house. Um, uh Uh-oh. Now, when when it says cloak, we don't know exactly, but it's, 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 as you read the story, you kind of get the impression that a cloak could have been just an outer covering, and he may have had something underneath, or, and I believe he did not have anything underneath. So his whole, like, I'm out of here was a big deal. It wasn't like, oh, he left his outer jacket there, okay? Because here's, here's what we read. It says this. It says, when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand, And had run out of the house, she called the household servants and said, Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought here to make sport of us. He came here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me screaming, he left his cloak by my side and ran out of the house. Get this, verse 16. She kept the cloak beside her until her master came home, her husband, and then she repeated the matter. So she was like, Look, look, obviously he was trying to make sport of me because I've got his clothes. Now, we can read that, and and at first, you can just look and you can say, well, wrong place, wrong time, right? But what if we just, you and I, what if we just never went to the wrong place? Joseph, you can see that he was trying to stay away from her. He was like, I don't want to be even, I don't even want to be here. But it said, he was in the house, and none of the household servants We're inside. What if we just never went to the wrong place? You know what I've never heard? I've never had an engaged couple, a a couple that's just dating come to me and say, you know what, Um, we were were in the hardware store. We were were in aisle four and um, 
you know, he, she just looked at me, and, you know, one thing led to another, and, and now we're not allowed to go back to the hardware store. Like, we can't even go back in. I mean, we just got kicked out. That's never happened. Because that doesn't happen in the hardware store. That, that's not where that happens. There's other places. But what if, what if we just never went to the places, the wrong places, in the first place? What if we just did not go there at all? And so what I really want to talk about is when it comes to, because here's the thing, every one of us are going to have to fight, we're going to have to pass this test, we're going to have a purity battle that we rage. That, that's what it's going to be. We're going to, so how are we going to do it? And what are we going to do? Well, number one is Joseph had boundaries. Now when we're kids... When we're kids, our parents set boundaries for us. You know, I grew up, and I, I was super fortunate. My parents were, were born-again believers, and like, here's boundaries for you, and this is what you can and can't do, and we don't want you riding alone in a, in a car with a girl until you're 17, and you need to hang out with friends, and, and you're not allowed to go into um, one of your friend's houses if their parents aren't there, if it's a girl, you know, you, you, you can't be there. And they're like, okay. So they, they put up some, some boundaries for us. We didn't even have internet, <laughs> internet, so that wasn't a problem. And they're like, okay, well, this is, this is what that's going to be like. And then I remember, you know, I, I, I move off to college. And I'm like, well, I'm adulting now, so it's my thing, right? And it was in the first couple of weeks I was at, at Bible college. And I needed to send an email or check an email. And I'm like, okay, I've got to do this, but I didn't have a computer. Well, one of, one of the, the other students did, so I gave her a call. I was like, hey, can I come use your computer? She lived in the same apartments that I did. She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, this is great. So I just walked across the parking lot and uh, went up over there. And, and honestly, I had a little check, like, you shouldn't be here. Because when I got there, I found out it was just her. But I was like, well, I'm an adult. So I was like, Okay. And, and the computer was right in the living room, right, right over by the door, actually. When you walk in, the computer was right, right there. So I sit down, and I just start doing my, uh, my, my email thing. And she, a little bit later, I'm, I'm still doing my email, and, and she says something, and I turn around, and she's in the hallway, and, and she, was missing, she, she was missing some covers. She, 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 she was, I'll just leave it at that. She was missing things needed to be covered up. And I'm like, ah! I'm like, what in the world? So I log off and I leave. And I'm like, okay, boundaries are for adults too. Like, I do not want to be. And oh my goodness. And then, talk about awkward, I did Bible school for two more years with that girl and never said another word to her. I was like, I don't know what to do. I just like, I would see her and I'm just, I don't know, I don't know why you're here. I do not know why you're here. I do not know why you are here. It was, it was boundaries are not something we grow out of. They're not something we grow out of. And here's the deal. Big things are hard to get rid of. Big things are hard to stop. But big things start small. Boundaries are wonderful. There are places that you and I don't belong. And it doesn't matter how old we are. We don't age in or out of it. There's places that we just don't belong. And not all of them have XXX over the top. There's things that we just look at as like, well, I don't think I should be there. I probably shouldn't go there. We, we can have some boundaries. Many years ago, I was sitting in my office, 
and, and counseling a couple. They came in and said, hey, we're having some marriage trouble. Will you, you come give us some, some biblical advice? I was like, absolutely. And they come in and they sit down. And, and he's like, I don't know why we're here. And, and she's like, um, I'm really concerned for our marriage. And one of the big things is where it's, is, is his work and who he's, who he's hanging around with at work. And, and you might be like, oh, she's one of those girls. Like, oh, okay, everybody loves my husband. Okay, what is this? And, and I'm like, well, tell me a little more about it. And, and he's like, well, it, it is a little weird where I work. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I work on a kind of a, an assembly line. And, um, and then he begins to tell me, he's like, well, this worker had an affair with this worker, and this worker was used to be married, but now just left their husband for this worker, and then there was another affair going on and thing, and then, and then she's like, and then there's another worker that's there that, that, that's, that's calling him, and like, they have a friendship. And I was just like, you just want to reach out and smack somebody? And just be like, how are you not concerned about, like, just want to smack him and be like, are you serious? What are you doing there? And he's like, yeah, but you know, and I'm like, of course there's an issue with this. Of course there's an issue. Of course she has an issue with that. And, and this idea that we, we age in and out of accountability is just like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, a fool sees trouble coming and does nothing. Like you can look at that situation and be like, trouble's coming. Trouble is coming. What are you doing working there? Like, like get out of the situation. And I just told him this, and I said, I said about your friend, um, I'm married, so Becca has, like, she gets to pick my friends. And not like she's like, well, you go be friends with that guy. Go, go. No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> she's, she's not quite that bad. <laughs> but what I mean is this, is if, if I'm spending time with somebody and she's like, you know what? Their influence that they have on you isn't good. Then I'm not going to be spending extra time with that person anymore. Or, or that person makes me uncomfortable. And here's the deal. She doesn't even have to have a reason. And she's just like, I just, just that person. Would you please not spend as much time with them? That's all it takes. And that's what it's meant to be when we're married. Because it's the two becoming one. It's the two becoming one. And that goes both ways. It's like, hey, we're uncomfortable with this. And, and, and she said that before. And, you know, we were, had, had somebody that was in one of our friend circles, and she's like, I get a bad feeling about that girl. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stay away from her. And then, you know, and we'd, we'd go out and hang out with people and be at events and places. And she's like, you need to stay farther from that girl. I'm like, okay, all right. And, and I didn't think, and again, I had no idea, didn't think anything there, but she's like, I, I don't like it. I'm like, okay. Um, and it was, it was a few years after that, and honestly, you know, we had kind of drifted and didn't, weren't in the same friend circles anymore, just ages of kids and things change and whatnot. And, and um, turns out she ended up leaving her husband for someone. And I don't know what Beck was picking up on or not, but it doesn't matter. If I'm married, she, she gets to say that. She gets to say, that makes me uncomfortable. Don't do it. It doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl. 
And she's just like, that, that guy in the way that, I, I don't know, I just don't think you should. It's like, okay, sounds okay. Because boundaries are a wonderful, wonderful thing. We, we need them. Um, Pence. Remember when Pence was the vice president? And there was a lot of accusations running around. It was Donald Trump, and then he had Pence, and Pence was vice. And, but one thing I, I, I loved and I really took note of was the fact that Pence was a little teased and mocked because he said, I will never go to lunch alone with a woman. And people teased him and mocked him. But guess who never got accused of inappropriate behavior with somebody? Pence didn't. Because he had a boundary. There was accusations flying all over the place and people said all kinds of things. But he had a boundary. That he's like, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Just, just don't need to. And boundaries are okay. Because here's the deal. Every one of us, we're going to fight this purity battle. We're, we're all going to at different stages. And here's the thing. It's not something that we fight. And then when we fight, it's just over. You're like, there, I beat it once. It's done. We see what the devil did to Jesus. When Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted, when the devil left, he didn't say, that's it, I'm done, I'm throwing in my towel. The Bible says he left for a more opportune time. So you're going to fight this. And you might fight it once, twice, three times. And here's the thing. Boundaries are good. But here's what I know. You cannot close every door so that you never, ever have to struggle with purity in any way, shape, or form. You, you, you can't do it. I remember, and you know, I've, I've shared my battle with, with, with porn, and I remember, I mean, for 20 years, since I was a little kid, I'd, I'd fight this thing. And, I, and I'd, I'd close doors, and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this, and, and I didn't really have avenues, and I just shut in, making it harder and harder, and you don't know what happened? I'd be driving down the road, stop at the corner of an intersection, look out the window, and guess what's on the ground? Somebody threw a dirty magazine out of their car. And it's sitting there. And I'm like, I don't need this. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I'm mountain biking. I love to mountain bike. And so I'm cruising along. I'm biking. And I need an excuse to stop because I'm outwinded or something. I look down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick up some trash. I remember reaching down to pick up some trash. And when I reach it and I pull it, it's a whole magazine. And it comes out. And I'm like, are you serious? hunting in the middle of the woods, and we're looking at some hunting property, and I open up a outhouse. And when I open it, magazines fall out. It was stacked full, like packed with thousands of dirty magazines. And I'm like, no way. Like, what and why? And I'm like, my mom, we were looking at this, and my mom was I'm like, mom! And she's like, oh my goodness. And then we ended up buying the place, and she's out there burning the stuff with a pitchfork. And she's like, ah! And big pieces would float up, like, sometimes. And she's like, oh no! Oh no! She's running around and knocking them down. Oh my goodness. But you, I, you cannot close every door, but what you can do is why fight a battle tomorrow that I can eliminate today? Why not set up some barriers? 
Why not set up some barriers that make it a little bit harder? And then there's the internet. Thanks for bringing that up, right? It's the whole world at your fingertips, the good and the bad. There's so much stuff, so much stuff in it. You're like, oh my goodness. Years ago, we were on a road trip, and we're cruising down the road, and we kept seeing these, um, these billboards for this adult bookstore. And you're like, oh my goodness. And we saw them for miles and miles and miles. And finally, we, we passed the place, and it's on the side of the road. And Becca looks over, and she's like, all those signs for that little place? And I just looked over and I go, well, actually, it's really big inside. <laughs> and she's like, she looks at me and I'm like, I'm kidding. I've never been in it. <laughs> but the truth is, you don't need to go in one of those. There's a million adult stores delivered to your phone, your house, whatever, via whatever connection you've got. You, you don't need it. And so if this is something that you struggle with or you're like, you know what, I don't want to, or you've got kids, then, then set some barriers and do some things to make it hard. So what do we have at our house? So our house, um, our internet all goes through OpenDNS, and that OpenDNS records everything and every website that we go to. Every, everything that we do is logged in there. Now, I've got the password, but so does my buddy. And I could go in there and I could turn it off, but he's going to see it. And he's going to be like, hey, why was that log turned off? And I'm going to have to lie to him. And let me just say, an accountability partner is only as good as your, you are, your honesty. If you don't want to be accountable, you won't be. You, you just won't be. And then there's my phone. And my phone goes through something else. But hey, other people have that password. And you know what they can do? They can go into my, my phone account and get the information. And see, hey, what's this guy been? I'd like to see his logs. What, what website, what is he going to? Oh, and it can be done. I had a parent come to me one time, and she's like, um, will, you, will you meet with my son? I said, yeah, what's up? And she's like, well, we got our phone bill last month, and it was $700. And I'm like, that seems a little pricey. <laughs> and she's like, well, my son recently got a phone, and one of the things we didn't realize or we thought we took care of is, you know, we gave him a little bit of data and this and that. Well, he got into some stuff that he shouldn't have, and he just spent a lot of time downloading and watching and just burned through data like mad. Put up, put up some barriers. Do, do some, you can't close everything and you can't close every door, but let's at least have some speed bumps, some walls, some firewalls, some bricks, some things that make it a little bit harder. Have some accountability. And this isn't just for kids. Now, if we have kids, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work as a parent to try to do that for your kids. It's like, okay, well, what do I got to do? And like, our kids have some iPads. We, we homeschool. They have iPads that they use for their school and that they need. So I've got those locked down. And they can go on some things. And then those don't go on our internet at the house. I've got a sub-network set up for the kids, and that's extra restricted. But it's work because... All of a sudden, Focus on the Family changes something, and now my kids can't even get on Focus on the Family's website to watch their little thing. They're like, I can't even get on there. So then I have to figure out, is it my system or is it their system? And then what's happening there? And then if they have Google Mail and you allow the Google server to reach it, well, then they can get to all the Google and all of Google searches, but I don't want them to be able to search. So then how can I have and what search engines can I trust and what do I let in and what do I not allow? Do I have in a list? Do I use somebody else's list? Do I have an allow list? So you've got to build this up and out, and then it changes like every month. It's a lot of work. 
And then my kids come in, they're like, well, we think it's this. And then if I have to make a change on their iPad, I have to go into every single one of the kids' iPads to make the same changes so that they can access what I want them to access, but not what I don't. Yeah. It's work. It's, it's not easy, but we need to set up some, we got to have some stuff set up. Make it, make it hard for them to fall and to make a wrong decision. Do some things that we can. My, my mom, this was a couple years ago, my mom called me, and she goes, um, are you on our Netflix account? Are you using it? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, um, somebody is, and here's a list of what they've been watching. And it was just some absolute, like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that, that there should be X's, and this is, wow. And I'm like, it's not me. And she's like, well, somebody is. And we don't know who's got our password, but somebody's got it. One of the kids has our password and is watching this. And I'm like, well, have fun. It's not me. <laughs> you know, I hang up and I'm like, woohoo, someone's in trouble, you know. And then um, she calls back a little bit later and she's like, I cannot figure this out. My dad's just like, it's not me. <laughs> and I go, okay. All righty, dad. Um, so I said, hey, tell you what, call Netflix and get the IP address of who it is. I said, I'll check your TV. I'll check everything in your house. I said, we can go through it together, and we will figure out who this is. We, we can figure out who it's not. And, and so she's, she, she calls, and she, says, she calls me back up, and she says, hey, um, they did, what they told me was it is a Xbox that's logged in. And I'm like, who even has an Xbox? So she calls some of the other kids, and here's what we end up finding out happens is one of the grandkids um, somehow caught what grandma's password was and was at a friend's house, and they logged in to a friend's Xbox that they had in their room and never logged back out. So they watched some movie in there, and then this friend had an Xbox in his room. That was connected to the, and it's amazing what devices now today can all get on the internet. And so he just was, did his thing. And you're like, man, I know it's work and you can't close every door. But here's what I know. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to use you. And some of these tests, here's the thing I want you to realize. You can beat them. You, you, you can pass the purity test. But the thing I would encourage you to do is today, if you're like, hey, I don't really struggle with this, then great. Then put up some blocks. Put some things, put some boundaries in place today so that you don't have to fight some battles tomorrow. Just do it. If you've got kids, you've got to educate yourself. But thank God you've got the Holy Spirit. And you rely on Him and you pray and you do what you know how to do. And you pray and you watch how God jumps in and helps. And if this is something that you struggle with and you're like, I haven't passed this test yet, you can. You can pass this test. But set up some boundaries. I love what it says in Proverbs 7, verse 6. It says, while I was looking out the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some young men. 
I saw some young men with, who lacked common sense. I love that. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. At twilight, wrong time of the day even, in evening as darkness fell. The devil says, I, I saw a young man who lacked sense because he didn't have some boundaries. He was like, I'm, he, he shouldn't have even been there. And here's the deal. Don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just don't even go there. Set up some boundaries. And then here's the other thing I really want to make sure that you know. If this is something that you struggle with, you can get to the other side of it. You can get to the other side of it. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Because you can get to the other side of it, but you're going to need some help. Proverbs 28, 13. People who conceal their sin will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. The things that you and I, we keep hidden, we don't grow from them. You want to kill a plant, put it in the dark and it'll just die. You want to grow from it, you're going to have to bring it into the light. No, it says you don't, you don't leave it in the dark. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins one to another that they may pray for you and you be healed. You need some people that you can talk to. People that you know. People that know, I've got two. For the longest it was one and recently I've, it's grown to two. But I've got two guys that they know my dirty laundry. They know what my struggle is. Some of them have my passwords and things and helping me be accountable. I got, a, I got a text from one of them just a couple days ago. I said, hey, it's your 2 a.m. friend if you ever need anything. You need people. We need people in our life. None of us are strong enough to do this by ourselves and none of us are meant to do this by ourselves. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness. It says, confess your sins one to another. They may pray for you and you may be healed. May I say this? Maybe one of the reasons why you're like, I'm fighting this battle again. I have victory and then I fall. I'm like, I made it and I don't want to do this again. And then I find myself where I don't want to be. Doing the thing I don't want to do. Or getting too close to the thing that I know I shouldn't be doing. I'm... I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm oh, I'm, I, just, uh, I, just, I, just, I know I shouldn't be there. You need to tell somebody. And I know that these people are hard to find, but they're worth it. If you don't have somebody like that in your life, you need one. Guys, you need a guy. And girls, you need a girl, an older person that you're like, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with, and that they can help you. You're like, well, where do I find people like that? You're, this is a great start. Maybe, maybe check out a small group. Men's Rise Up is on Tuesday. Women's Gather. Don't just go week one, walk in and be like, hey, by the way, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But you get to know somebody. And you pray. If you're married, you talk to your spouse. You say, hey, I'm thinking about talking to so-and-so about what I'm going through. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to use you. And maybe you've given up on the dream that God put in your heart because you're like, it's just too far away. It took 13 years for Joseph 
But all through that time, God was refining, giving him opportunities to grow. He's doing the same for you. He's giving you opportunities to grow, to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And not only that, he's given you his spirit on the inside to help you. And let me just say, if you're here, you're surrounded by a great bunch of people who want to see you grow and to be into all that God's called you to. And you don't have to carry that junk around with you. You really don't. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. All the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Come on, he's got it. It's not to point fingers. It's not to go, oh, you did this wrong. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Every one of us will fight this battle. Some of us, it'll hit us a little harder than others. Alcohol has never been an issue for me. I've never even wanted to. Cigarettes, same thing. Never. This one's a little different. Lying, I lied as a kid like crazy. My parents beat it out of me. I'm serious. They beat the snot, beat that right out of me. I don't deal with it anymore. We're going to have things that we grow, go through and we're going to grow and we're going to get to the other side. But also that God's mercies are new every morning. He sees you new and he wants the best for you. But this is the plan that he set up. Have some boundaries. You're not Superman, you're Superwoman, you're not invincible. There's some places that you shouldn't be, so don't go there. If it means leaving a job and you're like, it, it, just, then it might cost you in the short run, but do it. Get out of that environment that's dragging you down. If it's a friend on the way home, if you're married and you've never had that conversation or you haven't had that conversation in a while, ask your spouse. Say, is there a friend that I need to step away from? Someone that's dragging me down or pulling me or someone that you just don't feel right about. Because I will. I'll step away, we'll step back, we'll do whatever we need to. If it's something you struggle with, you need to find someone. Bring it into the light. And be honest, be truthful, so that you can be free from it, step away from it, and begin to walk again towards what God has for you. With that, would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? I'd love the honor of praying with you this morning. You know, if you're here and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's where it all begins. It begins with asking God to forgive us. And honestly, here's what he does. He creates a new heart on the inside. New. There's no other way to describe it. We're forgiven, we're set free because Jesus paid the price. And if you say, you, if you're here and you're like, you know, I want to I be on my way to heaven. I don't want to know. I want to know I'm forgiven. I want to know I'm set free. I want to walk in the peace that comes through having a relationship with him. I want him to take this cold heart, this thing that's inside me, and put a new one in. I want all that he has for me. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I just need to go all in. I've been tiptoeing. I've been halfway this Christian thing. But today I'm going all in and I want to be all his. I'm declaring it today again and anew. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. If that's you, to count three, I want you to lift your hand and we're going to pray together. Get ready. One, two, three. All the way up. Say, that's me. And today is my day. I'm making that. 
coming back. I'm making it new. No? All right. Well, God, we come before you. We thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, we do. We trust that you, what you have for us is the best. God, we realize we're not missing out when we do it your way. But God, so many times and so often, we get distracted and we fall. We thank you that you forgive us, you pick us up. If we just ask you, forgive us. God, thank you for the Christian brothers and sisters that are around us. God, that we can go to for help and healing. God, I ask for boldness for those that need God, that need to be set free, that need to still beat this purity thing, that you'd give them boldness to speak out, to speak up. You surround them with godly men and women that can speak the truth of your word in their lives and situations. God, I ask for humility for those that need to just swallow their pride and step away from some relationships, some things that aren't honoring you, that are dragging them down. I ask for boldness for those that already know what needs to be done you would give them the strength to follow through when they leave this place. Thank you that you lead us and guide us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.